Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast, bonus podcast, just Nathan reading some nonsense. Um, did some reflecting this past week with a buddy of mine, and what I came up with is something called a pair of troubled teenagers. And here's how it goes. I was a complete shit as a teenager, which is okay because that's what teenagers are supposed to be, complete shits. And just after Halloween, I was taking my kids to school, and I passed a yard filled with smashed pumpkins. The visual sent me down a reflective path, and with a chuckle, I texted my friend Mark. We started going back and forth about how many pumpkins we had destroyed back in the day, and from there, a nostalgic back and forth occurred about everything we had done, each of us recalling some of the nonsense we had pulled. We were so deviant, he noted. Which is true, we were deviant. But I don't think that what we did was anything worse than kids ever do. I'll tell you what happened and you be the judge. And by the way, I should point out that since there is a federal crime mentioned, uh, I'm writing everything from an O.J. Simpson, if I did it, point of view. Meaning, please put the word allegedly in front of every single detail in this piece, because from here on forward, it's all lies. Really, none of this happened. I am not uh, copying to anything. I am not admitting to anything. Our reflections are complete bullshit. So, a little neighborhood nuisance. What do I mean by that? Mark and I stole government roadblocks, and we would close off a section of Mark's subdivision. By that, I mean he lived in an area that was a series of cul-de-sacs strung together by one main road. And that main road was attached to the rest of the city at only two points, one to the north and one to the south. The road itself was as curvy as a Playboy centerfold. We'd wait until nightfall and then place the roadblocks at the northern, more secluded end of the road. Then we'd go down the road, just around the nearest corner, and place the other roadblocks. Anyone pulling up to the northern entrance would get furious. They'd see these roadblocks and go, and they'd have to drive all the way around to the southern side, and that took 10 minutes. That's what I'm saying. This road only had two entrance points, north and south, and if you were at the north end or the south end, if you couldn't take the main road itself, you had to go take side streets. It took 10 minutes. So, if they happened to live on the southern end of the artery, big whoop. They drove there anyway. It just took them a little longer. And, yeah, they didn't get the full damage of our prank. They'd pull in the southern end and then just go to their house. But the best case scenario was when someone lived in a house that was between the two roadblocks. Now, remember, when I, we, they pulled up at the northern end, they couldn't see the other roadblocks we had placed just down the way around a corner. So they drive the 10 minutes all the way around to the southern access point, start to backtrack up the main road to their cul-de-sac, and then they'd come across the next set of roadblocks, meaning technically they couldn't gain access to their own house. Mark and I would sit in his front yard, or we'd hide in the bushes, and that happened to be perfectly placed between the two sets of roadblocks. We'd sit there and laugh our asses off, especially, of course, after the police would arrive to investigate and eventually remove the roadblocks after calling them in and discovering them illegitimate. So, that's one thing we did. We also went sledding after hours at the local ski hill. Around midnight, when all the lights were off, we would take sleds and hike to the top of the hill. And this hike took about 20 minutes, easy, meaning we'd only do one trip per visit. You wouldn't slide down and then turn around and hike back up. Now, once we got to the top of the perch, what we'd see is that our presence hadn't gone unnoticed. Usually a pair of hotel security guards, uh, because the ski hill was by a hotel, I should put that out, ski lodge, they were trudging up after us. So they'd see us climbing the hill, and I want to say that again, we'd be on the hill illegally. So instead of hiding at the bottom, they would see us and wait to capture us, 
hotel security would climb the hill in pursuit of us. They'd like be chasing us up the hill slowly, and they'd also be carrying flashlights, so we could see them every step of the way. They were not very stealthy. Well, we were not stupid, so we would wait until the security guards were about three quarters of the way up the hill, and then we'd climb on our sleds and just shoot down past them. And they'd swear and yell, hey, come back here, uh, as we went by, and then they'd do their best to chase after us. But come on, we had to be going a minimum of 25 miles per hour. We were long gone by the time they got back down. There's a reason so many jokes are made about security guards, and these fellows lived up to every single stereotype. Another bit of mischief was, in high school, during lunch break, Mark and I would steal away to a secluded little cubby by the gym. We'd take a cigarette, light it, and then set out a string of firecrackers. What I mean by that is we'd lay the fuse across the cigarette and then saunter down to the other end of campus. So by the time the fuse hit the burning cigarette and the firecrackers went off, we were nowhere near the scene of the crime. Once we used a string of 1,000 black cats, and that was a fun day. The uh, noise and pops and cacophony went on for several minutes. Uh, I should point out that school shootings were not a thing back then. Everyone knew immediately that firecrackers were going off. The idea someone would bring a gun to school and start shooting, that was literally unheard of. Didn't cross anyone's mind. So the worst thing uh, Mark and I recall doing was we stole a three-foot light-up Santa Claus somewhere around Christmas, and then we saw a sign, you know, saying, hey, reward, no questions asked, and so we brought it back and took the reward. If I have any guilt over my past actions, that one pops to mind because it was pretty shitty. Um, when it rained, we'd do donuts on lawns and in the high school courtyard. The courtyard contained a decent swath of grass and was between the two ends of our school overlooked by a main hallway that ran the length of uh, said school. During one particular soggy evening, we sent so much grass and dirt astray and sprayed the sides of the school and tore up so much of the turf that the next day students were amazed by the carnage. It was absolutely the talk of all classmates. Uh, as stated at the beginning of this whole uh, bullshit, uh, Mark and I also rounded up and smashed pumpkins. Uh, most of our instances would involve driving around until we saw a particularly pleasing set of carvings. Then we'd dash up, grab the orange beasts, hoist them over our respective heads, and launch them as far as possible. After a neighbor saw us in the process of that, uh, however, we switched things up. We began a series of quiet snatch and dash missions. We'd load up the trunk of our car and then take them to a train bridge and drop them to the tracks below. The end result of that was as beautiful as anything David Letterman once threw off his five-story building. We got pulled over once. Um, the reason why escapes me, I don't know if we were speeding or running a red light, but the officer decided to search our car. The trunk was filled to the brim with pumpkins, and naturally the cop was suspicious, but what could he prove? Yes, we had a ton of pumpkins in the trunk, but did he really want to go through the hassle of trying to find out how we had obtained them? Was he going to go house to house asking people if they were missing pumpkins, and did they want to press charges? Neither of us could remember what was said, but in the end the cop rolled his eyes and let us go. Oh, uh point of distracted note, we also remember being pulled over once while out hunting mailboxes. We had looped the same rural road twice because there was a particularly pesky mailbox we were trying to smash, and it needed two takes. 
Unfortunately, the second time through, uh, the police officer, who had been sitting in a speed trap watching us, realized something was up. He flipped his cherries and blueberries at us, forcing us to pull over. And he knew we were up to no good, but one of us, I think me, said we were trying to find a party and couldn't locate the house and just looking for it. Uh, he told us we were too young to be drinking and to go home or find something else to do, which we did, uh, each of us overjoyed by the fact he did not search the car, because who knows what he would have done had he found the baseball bat between the passenger seat and the door. Oh, and before I get back to the story, a second point of distracted note. To any teenagers listening to this, uh, remember, the movie Stand By Me is a movie, and that movies use special effects. When uh, Kiefer Sutherland and his crew are hitting mailboxes from their car, those mailboxes in the movie are rigged to shatter. And if you go by driving by a mailbox at 30 miles an hour and take a swing in it, let's just say you better have a tight goddamn grip on your bat, because as Newton said, for every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. Um... Let's put it this way, we learned to drive very slow on our hunts. You don't drive by mailbox and take in a crack at it. You stop or, yeah, you stop and you beat the shit out of it. Either way, back to our regularly scheduled story. Uh, my point was, yeah, we were shits. But as I asked, were we normal shitty teenagers or exceptional ones? I mean, we didn't drive drunk, we didn't do drugs, and most of what we did was just stupid mischief, I think. As I was texting him, Mark said something interesting during our exchange. He, he wrote, man, there is so much bad crap I can't tell my kids. And that made me pause. Why hide or lie to your kids? I'm going to tell my kids what I did, if only in a fruitless attempt to raise them better than I was. I don't want them. Okay, let's be honest, him. Because if anyone is going to destroy property, it's going to be the boy, not my daughter. I don't want him smashing pumpkins or beating down mailboxes. I don't want him tearing up anyone's lawn and thinking such behavior is fine and dandy. But if either of them does get in trouble doing stupid things, well, I've been there. They'll be punished, yes, but I won't be shocked or tell them I'm disappointed in them. I'll chalk it up to teens being teens. On that note, likewise, I won't be overly upset if someday our pumpkins get stolen or smashed. I won't believe it's karma or anything stupid like that. I mean, I know way too many complete bastards who have untold success for me to believe in karma. But I'll get it. I won't be happy our pumpkins are smashed, but I'll get it. And I'll explain to my kids, who will no doubt be as sad as I made many kids back in the day when I stole pumpkins. Hey, this happens. It sucks. You made pumpkins. They got smashed. Sorry. Then we'll move on with our lives. And maybe, just maybe, I will smile wistfully in remembrance of what it was like to be a teenager. Alright, if you do want to know more about what it's like for me to be a parent, buy my newest book! Just look up Nathan Timmel on Amazon or go to my website, nathantimmel.com. The new book is called Hey Buddy, Dubious Advice from Dad. It's available in paperback and Kindle. Again, find it on Amazon. Go buy my book and keep listening to everything you hear on this channel. Thanks.